A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. And don't you ever say I did. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. There's probably a a balance between, I believe you have to know Christ, but... God is in hell. He is. And someone knows this for sure. All of mankind is going to end up somewhere in heaven. My mission really is to just help people of faith, especially, to re-examine this issue, to realize the church has got things wrong in the past. For those who are God's by faith in his son. <laughs> Corinthians, right? 2 Corinthians 317. That's the victory in the name which is above every name. There's no exception for rape or incest. Uh, it's an extreme law. <laughs> <laughs> right now, bones, ligaments, tendons, in Jesus' name. Get out here right now. So put your trust in the sovereign risen king Who doesn't owe you one cotton picking thing And yet he still promises to furnish his disciples But we take what he's created and we turn him into idols I'll never back down, so how can I keep it in? But you'll never see me preaching the sin of TBM Yeah, spirit and truth is worship viewed in this chemistry But, but some are spewing distorted views of the Trinity Hey everybody, welcome to episode 10 of The Master's Dog. I am your host, The Evangelical Norm. The Master's Dog is a podcast where we address false gospels, false Christs, false teachers, false doctrines, you name it. If it's false and it's an attack on God's word, I'm going to start barking and I'm going to let you guys listen in. So today we are continuing on, which is where we started with this particular podcast, uh, refuting the Saints Unscripted podcast, Faith and Beliefs. Um, uh, They started out their thing doing the Articles of Faith for the Mormon Church. I said every video they release under that Faith and Beliefs uh, moniker, I will refute it. And I will come and talk about it and uh, if there's anything to even refute. And so uh, today we are going to talk about David has been on a string of books of whether or not did uh, whether or not Joseph Smith plagiarized from these specific books to uh, write the Book of Mormon. So he is he's gone through three. He's done the the Sidney Rigdon uh, um, manuscript lost uh, a possibility. 
He did Ethan Smith um, view of the Hebrews last week, and then this week he's going to get into the Lost War and whether or not Joseph Smith plagiarized from that. So, with that being said, we're going to go ahead and let David get started, and we will start and discuss things as he goes. So, let's listen to David. All right, guys. So, the Book of Mormon is often described as the keystone of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. A keystone is the stone at the top of an archway that holds everything else in place. If you take out the keystone, everything else crumbles. If critics are successful in proving the Book of Mormon false, our religion comes crashing down. They've been at it for almost 200 years now. In past episodes, we've explored some of their conspiracy theories, including the Spalding-Rigdon theory and the view of the Hebrews theory. In this episode, we're going to look at yet another one alleging that Joseph Smith stole the phraseology of the Book of Mormon from The Late War by Gilbert Hunt. Let's take a look at what we're dealing with. Okay, before we get into that, and I don't know why the uh, captioning is on. Um, interesting. Wouldn't help you listen to what he's saying. So I didn't look at him at all. I read every word that he said there. So that's kind of interesting. Before that, I would say that the Book of Mormon, I would never argue that the Book of Mormon is a keystone to the LDS faith. I would say the keystone is whether or not Joseph Smith was a prophet. Um, I would say, I mean, there's really plenty of keystones that by removing those can can topple the entire uh, framework of Mormonism. The person of, of Jesus Christ, whether or not Jesus was God or a God or the sexual product of Elohim and Mary. Um, you know, so there's that. Uh, whether or not Lucifer is his brother or his creation. The nature of God. Was God at once a man? on another planet who had to live out and, and uh, achieve his own salvation. That's a keystone. If that can be shown to be false, then, then Mormonism crumbles. Joseph Smith's uh, record as a prophet should cause Mormonism to crumble. Any of these things should, when recognized as false, should cause Mormonism, um, anybody's testimony in Mormonism to crumble. It didn't take that much for mine to crumble and, uh, Again, this is where they, they attack. Well, then you really never had a... I, let me tell you right now. I read the Book of Mormon. I prayed about the Book of Mormon. I had a burning in my bosom. I had a testimony about the Book of Mormon. I bore my testimony. I knew that Joseph Smith was a prophet of God. I knew that this church was true. I had all of that. I, I proclaimed it many times, even though I was pretty much a Jack Mormon through most of my life. Um but challenged the Mormon church and boy, I pulled that testimony right out of my pocket and the recognition that the Mormons believe that the garden of Eden was in Jackson County, Missouri was enough for me to go, Whoa, wait a minute. The Bible is pretty specific on the location of that garden of Eden. So how is, how does it in Jackson County, Missouri? And my Bishop at the time told me, well, after the flood, the lands changed. And I said, I can't believe that. And that's when I started recognizing other things and here's the deal. It's one thing to have a testimony in of something when there's a lack of physical evidence. I mean, faith is the, the evidence of things, uh, the evidence of things hoped for. Um, okay, I, I have to go back and read Hebrews. The hope of things unseen. So, again, faith is, uh, you can have faith in something when you don't have evidence for it. We can go, well, there's no evidence. But if you're continuing to have faith in something when the evidence is mounted against it, that's where we have a problem. That's why they call uh, 
why people are, are so quick to call Mormonism a cult because there's so much evidence mounted against it but yet by your feelings you continue to go along with with things that have been proven to be false one of which is the Book of Mormon um, the Book of Abraham which Kwaku is is trying to, to defend on his channel and so on so there's a lot of things and a lot of keystones that can cause it to, to come crumbling down I wouldn't say necessarily the Book of Mormon is the keystone that would cause the Mormon church to crumble, but um, that was a really long tangent. Let's get back into the video. The Late War is essentially a history book about the War of 1812. It's written in scriptural language and was published in 1816. Essentially, the argument against the Book of Mormon goes something like this. The Late War uses words or phrases that also appear in the Book of Mormon. Therefore, it's logical to assume that Joseph Smith must have read this book, which there is no evidence of, and used it to construct the Book of Mormon. It's a bold claim, and it's presented very convincingly. Now, we don't have time to explore every alleged parallel right now, but just to give you a taste of how this theory looks, let's explore one or two examples. In the late war, it says, sent forth a proclamation abroad, and it came to pass that a great multitude flocked to the standard of Columbia. They came in battle array against the. And in the Book of Mormon, it says, sent a proclamation throughout the land, and it came to pass that thousands did flock unto his standard of liberty they went down with their armies against the. They seem pretty similar, huh? They're pretty suspicious. But there sure are a lot of ellipses in there. Well, let's take a look at what text has been omitted from these examples to see just how similar they actually are. Obviously, critics are highly manipulative in the way they present these parallels that have been cherry-picked and conveniently smashed together. That is one big pile of shit. But for some people, I guess it makes total sense that Joseph Smith read the late war and was like, hmm, sent forth a proclamation. Yeah, I like that. Ooh, abroad. Yeah, I'll take that one too. I mean, if words like Nephi and Zarahemla were to show up in the late war, yeah, you've got an argument. But there's nothing like that, so if this is the best you can do, I mean, come on. The most extensive research I've found that holds to the late war theory has this awesome list of rare phrases that are found in both books but are not found in the King James Version of the Bible. For example, and a part thereof. The only problem is that equivalent phrases actually definitely do appear in the Bible for this and several other phrases on the list. But again, the late war was purposefully written in a biblical style. It uses, and it came to pass, language. We should expect to see similarities in wording and phrasing between all three of these books. And even if Joseph made up the Book of Mormon, doesn't it make more sense that he would have mimicked biblical style from the Bible rather than some other book? Well, you got me. By all accounts, it doesn't make sense. The simple fact remains that the similarities between the Late War and the Book of Mormon are nothing more than superficial and fall extremely short of answering all the questions that need to be answered to explain away the Book of Mormon. The similarities are so superficial, in fact, that somebody with too much time on their hands and a point to prove actually went through and found over 100 similar parallels 
between the Book of Mormon and Walt Whitman's Leaves of Grass, including five, six, and seven word-long phrases the books have in common. Here's the catch. Walt Whitman's book was published in 1855, decades after the Book of Mormon. Point being, finding two books that share similar scattered phraseology proves nothing. And when we look at some of the key words in the Book of Mormon, we find a huge gap between it and the late war. Honestly, I wish I had more time to show you how crazy and contrived some of these parallelism claims are. But we're out of time. Check out the links in the description for more examples. There's also more info on this topic on our website. Have a great day. All right, so I just let him kind of go uh, because for simple point, the late war is not anything that I've ever heard. I've never used. I don't know any apologist uh, out there who uses the late war as a, um, as a plagiarism uh, possibility for the Book of Mormon. I had actually, honestly, I had never heard of the late war until this video. So, and I've been um, dealing with Mormonism and doing apologetics and so on, looking into plagiarism of the Book of Mormon, giving proofs of the, the, um, the fallaciousness, I guess is the word I'm looking for, the, the, the fraudulence of the Book of Mormon. I've been doing it for years. And had never even heard of the late war. So, one, this is what, what he did with um, what they kind of do. Is they go, here, look, let me put out this one. Let me find some real, real weird, obscure uh, argument. And then we're going to knock it down. It's called straw manning. It's we're going to find this this really crazy one. It was the same thing with last, uh, last week and the Ethan Smith view of the Hebrews. Because he even admitted that the majority of evangelical and Christian apologists who are strictly work in relation with the Book of Mormon have said, this is a bad argument. Don't use it. But yet he's going to use it and knock it down and try to show. What I would like him to address is the plagiarism from the Bible itself. The last thing he said is, wouldn't you think that Joseph Smith would use phraseology from the Bible? Well, yes, he would. And yes, he did. A lot of it. 13,000 words verbatim taken from the book of Isaiah alone, including translation errors made by King James scholars. So this is, this literally, I mean, for me, it's pretty convincing that it proves that he did not receive a translation of the Book of Mormon from God. What he did is he made up a story using memorized portions of scripture and so on, from the King James Bible and other things. Maybe he did read View of the Hebrews. Maybe he did have access to manuscript lost or any of these things or manuscript found, whichever was Rigdon's book. Uh, maybe he had some kind of access or had seen these and then formulated in his imaginative mind the story of the Book of Mormon. You know, people are always talking about Joseph Smith couldn't have wrote the Book of Mormon, all this blah, 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 blah. By the standards that they use for Joseph Smith not being able to create this Book of Mormon is would would say that like half of the the amazing novelists in the world today couldn't have written their own books. You know, not all of them are highly educated people. Not all of them have, you know, these great 
you know, some of them are, are simple people from simple backgrounds. And, you know, Joseph Smith was a simple boy, a simple farm boy. You know, a lot of books were written by people who, when they were young. And so those standards. But here's a couple of things that I did find as I researched the Lost War. And I, I suggest you, you go and look at it. If you're interested, look it up. There, it, there's a lot of reading. But here are some of the things that I found out about the late war. In the late war, there are Hebraisms, there is chiasmus, um, there is a lot of the things that they use uh, as you go back and look at other uh, videos where they defend the Book of Mormon that they use to show as proof of the Book of Mormon because Joseph Smith did these Hebraisms and this chiasmus and this is, this is strictly biblical kind of stuff. Thing is, is this was available to Joseph Smith all over the place. He could have learned these Hebraisms from all kinds of places and chiasmus and so on. It appears in Shakespeare and, and, and so on. So the fact that they use those to support the Book of Mormon, but yet they exist in a lot of other places. So that was one thing that I did look at when I went, Ooh, the late war, this kind of actually knocks down some of their defenses for the Book of Mormon as well. So think about that. I would suggest, you know, go and look at the late war, but it's not an argument that anybody I know uh, would use right now or continues to use, or I've ever heard anybody use the late war. The majority of the plagiarism from the Book of Mormon comes strictly from the Bible. And there are things that were plagiarized that were in error that prove that this was not a translation that was given from God. This was a fabrication from the imagination and the memory of Joseph Smith. And I'm, I'm convinced that he was, he, he was a smart guy who was able to memorize scripture, plagiarized so much of the book of Isaiah and other portions of the Bible that it makes it pretty clear. And it's a, it's pretty condemning evidence to show that the book of Mormon is false. But I encourage you, if you're an LDS watcher or listener, check that out for yourself. Look into that on your own. Um, if you are a Christian who is interested in, um, in trying to lead your LDS friend to the truth, I would say don't even bother with the late war. Look into plagiarism of Isaiah and other portions of the Bible, um, anachronisms and things like that. There are a lot of other ways to show the Book of Mormon to be false as opposed to uh, obscure books that nobody really uses in their defense of Christianity over the Book of Mormon anymore or ever really did. And so I would encourage you to look into that. And as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They are necessary. And until next time, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm -hmm.